Hi, Lee Judges here, and you're watching Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrips podcast. The Euros is now over, so it's time to look, review the final as well as review the tournament itself. I am host Andy, and I'm once again joined by our series regulars, Naeem, Alex and Ryan. How are you, boys? I'm all right, thank you. Not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm all good. How about you, Ryan? You all good? Yeah, can't complain. Good stuff. So as Alex slightly alluded to there, Italy are the European champions after beating England in a final last night after after a after 1-1 draw and in a penalty shootout. Luke Shaw opened the scoring with, I think it's the quickest goal of the tournament history, uh, before Leonardo Benucci got the equaliser in the second half. Uh, Andrea Bellotti and Jorginho missed penalties in the shootout for Italy, but crucially substitutes Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho and Bakayi Saka all missed for England. Boys, I'll let, yourself, I'll let yourselves go first on this one. Um, so how, how are you feeling after yesterday and what your um, sort of overall thoughts are on the game itself? Well, I feel worse now. Just after, just after you reminded me of it all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure we could have got away with you not, not mentioning the game for the first. It was tough. It, it was very tough. But overall, I think I'm buoyant. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very much encouraged uh, by the England team and the manager, which might turn into a debate in a second. Yeah. Uh, I'm encouraged by both, so I'm, I'm for once in my life I'm optimistic about England, which I wasn't after the 2018 World Cup. I'm a lot more about it now. And now, even Ryan, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'll go first. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I thought thought the, the team done well, but I'm I'm going to get Southgate praise, but not that much praise because um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but. I thought his substitutes and his tactics, he didn't get it right in this game. But, you know, it's a final and, you know, it's his first time in God knows how long, how many decades. But, um, yeah, his substitutes and, uh, yeah, it's just, they didn't, didn't work out for me. But I'll give him credit because he got there. Um, but, yeah, there, there are there are some negatives there too as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that, for me, I think that, I think Southgate has done very well to get England to both a semi and a final in his first two major tournaments. I think that really, um, he really deserves a lot of credit for for doing what he did. But at the same time, you look at this game on the weekend, I think uh, it's just the, the shootout overall. I mean, I, he claims that he's chosen the shootout takers. So I, I question why he's put, first of all, a 19-year-old, but also someone who didn't exactly have the best game so he wasn't exactly full of confidence. If he was, you know, if he came off the if he came off the bench and had sort of an amazing performance in this game, I think then you can justify him choosing Saka. Because um, if you look at um, sort of players, I'm all four players taking them if they're up for it. So if um, lot managers will choose players and shoot out if they're if they're up for it, they'll choose them if they've if they want to take one. But at the same time, I want to play for Liverpool. I want to be a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. It doesn't mean I should be I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he should be picking players. I think he should have chosen players purely on who was playing well in the game. And maybe I, more I will say, players. I will say, from the one thing that was positive about England, one thing we've heard all the way for the past three years is that they've been working non-stop on penalties. So I want to hear more about because I 
I on like I know, I know he's come out and said it, but genuinely, genuinely, for I I don't think Saka wouldn't have taken it unless he's banged in like thirty out of thirty mm. in training. Like I don't think Southgate would have done that. Like, he's been so meticulous with it all, and he's been so meticulous. Like the FA have been so meticulous with penalties. I mean, like just one thing to notice from that shootout. If you notice how how long every England player took to do and to make their run up. Just mm-hmm. that is part of it because they they studied their penalties in well penalties of the past like thirty years they realised taking it straight away after the whistle leads to uh, like a miss nearly fifty percent of the time and then taking your time decreases that a lot so they, they've put in the work in so I'm just I'm I'm going to like hopefully assume that that was that that was what was working in training and mm-hmm. that's why he did it and not to say like like because obviously it like. You look at it now with the bigger picture. Putting a 19-year-old on the fifth penalty is ridiculous. But mm. I feel like there must have been logic behind it. And yeah. like maybe more about that will come out. And at least he would have learned from it. Yeah, and I think Southgate, of all people, knows what it's like to miss a size of penalty. And I think that maybe he should have... Maybe, maybe, maybe as you said, maybe he's thinking he's been banging them in training. But at the same time, I think... Put a nineteen-year-old on the one on yeah. the the crucial penalty in the game. I think was quite, but also, um, I mean, he's take, he's put on Rashford and Sancho. They've hardly played all tournament. They've they barely kicked a ball, and he's put them on with a minute to go and expected them to go and score penalty in the shootout. I think if you're going to bring players on who are more experienced, bring on players who actually have been playing in this tournament, or even keep you know keep the likes of Walker, keep the likes of Henderson on the pitch because they've at least contributed towards this tournament. Whereas Sancho started one game. I can't remember Rashford having many minutes. Um, and substitute appearances, I think. Yeah, it's just I, I, again, though, with that, I think that makes. I think the second thing with you, I think with Rashford and Sancho, that makes more, especially Rashford because he's a proper penalty taker. Mm. So that is like, true, man. You, yeah. And even like even before he, when he before he took it, everyone was even the commentators were saying that's very smart to bring him on because he takes the penalty. So I think the 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 thing I don't know I think the thing I have a problem with is, is why Grealish didn't take one because he came out and said he was he wanted to take one yeah. and he is very good at them. So that's that's one thing I have a problem with. Besides that, I thought England again away from the penalties, I thought England were in the first half absolutely brilliant. Italy were dreadful and England were brilliant. Then in the second half it fell apart a bit and then extra time was more even. That's why uh, I, uh, me and Ryan had a little bit of a, an argument on Twitter because he, he said that Southgate needs to go. And I think that's ludicrous uh, because even in the game yesterday, mm. he got, what, at least 50% of it spot on? And then, fair enough, got the other bit wrong. But, I mean, I, I, I saw Naeem shaking his head. So, I, I just, I, before I... I'm, I'm just saying, I've got a couple of tabs in front of me. So, before I read off of them, <laughs> down to you guys. What's your thoughts on Gareth Southgate? Yeah, I mean, one more point before I go on to Ryan and my views on Southgate. In terms of the shootout itself, my final point is that I hate these run-ups when they all when they're so stuttered up. I think even though, as you're saying, the, the, the longer time they take decreases them, um, sort of means more chance of scoring. I think I've whenever I see a run-up that's stuttered, I half the time I, I never. But I think nine times out of ten, I know, and I, don't, I see a miss. I, I personally, I've never been a fan of, and there's no coincidence that all three penalties England missed were all those kind of run-ups. So that, that's my views on that. But Ryan, um, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go first because you've um, not had your chance to speak yet on, on the game. So, um, so yeah, what, what were your views on the game and what were your views on Southgate um, sort of after what Alex has been saying about the um, your Twitter conversation? <laughs> um, 
I pretty much disagree with all three of you when you were speaking a minute ago. Um, I don't think he deserves any credit, personally. You, you look at... I mean, we'll go over to this tournament first, right? You talk about he got 50% of that game right. Well, that ain't good enough, first of all. And Italy were poor, not just in the first half, all game. They were nowhere near the level that they are used to playing at. So we get that out there. <clears throat> England should have won that game easily, easily. First half, they're all over them. So that's the were difference. The in that second half. I thought Italy were a better team personally. They were. They okay, were. Can I, can I, right, can I just say, what did you say pre-tournament? If England, you think England would like would I can't remember that word for word, but you didn't say they'd get past the quarterfinals. Ooh, I think you said round well, of sixteen. Predictions coming later on. I've got the results for predictions. Yeah, but my, my my point is, how could you say England should have won that final when pre-tournament you were saying England aren't getting to the fucking quarterfinals? So you you can't say not, you can't say I expect them to win it after like. They've got them. It's, it's like the analogy I brought up. It's like, it's like Sean Dyche leading Burnley no, I, to second no. place in the Premier League, right? They've got one game to win it. He loses it and Burnley sack him for not winning it. That's, like, that's, that's literally not even the same thing. Well, England it, were one of the it. tournament favourites. No, they weren't. In, you buy your own they were. To the quarterfinals. <laughs> they weren't my favourites, but for a lot of other people, they were. They, were one, they have one of the best squads in international football. Most managers, most tournaments now, you expect them to at least get to the semi-finals. I didn't because I don't rate Gareth Southgate. That was the only reason I didn't expect them to get far. But this tournament and the last tournament, yeah, he done all right, but he had one of the he most. Got to a semi-final or final. But did he win them? No, okay. But before, no. when was the last time England got to a final? It was a long time ago. Exactly. Fair enough. So, like, how, how can you blame him for getting half, half the semi-finals and final? Go on. Me this. If they were on the other side of the draw and had the games that Italy had, the likes of Belgium, Austria and Spain, would they have got to the final? Probably not. No, they I know where you're about to lead into. You're about to say, the. I, this is where I get my tabs up, right? You're about to say, I know where you're going to, England have had the easy route, right? Both in 2018. Not the easy, not the easy route. Okay, just the, the easy, more lenient route. The more lenient route, right? Hang on. So I'm just going to go across the World Cup. These are some of the teams that England have uh, drawn and lost to since 1998. Uh, Romania, 2-1. That was good, wasn't it? 1-1 uh, with Sweden, 0-0 with Nigeria. Mm, that's not very tournament favourites there. Uh, you can't with... compare it. No, no, no. Nil-nil no. with Algeria. Years ago, they were different squads. Okay, oh, this is 2010. Nil-nil with Algeria. Uh, and then 2014. 2014, nil-nil with Costa Rica. 2016, Iceland, 2-1. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't say England had the easier route there for the show, won't it? Because in previous times, they never have. So he's clearly taken the steps forward to amend that. So firing him now is literally eviscerating that progress. And also, we get to the other big question. If you fire Southgate, who are you bringing in? I've already got answers for that because the names I fired at you last night, you pointed out the only negatives about any of those managers. No, that which... the first negatives. Ryan, Ryan said... We'll, we'll go through through. I don't, I don't I know we've got time, but Ryan said Stephen Gerrard. So you want to sack the manager who's just got to the semi-final and final for Stephen yeah. Gerrard, who's had one season managerial experience with Rangers. Who just 
who went unbeaten throughout the whole season. Then and, and, Frank, and ended, Frank Lampard got to the playoffs with Derby, but that didn't go well, did it? That's not. It's not the same, is it? Though you can't. No, it's because no, the to... point. The point is, you can do well at first and then fail later. The manager will receive these are different. If you sack Southgate for for Gerard Lampard or the other one was Eddie Howe, you said that yeah. literally, if Gareth Southgate was a free agent who had in his last two tournaments got to a semi final and final of an England side that no one gave hope to, then we'd be hiring him. No, he. You, you mentioned about Eddie Howe. The, the negative that he um, got Bournemouth relegated. And yet, I knew anyway about what he had done anyway at Bournemouth. But I looked at it, I even checked it on Wikipedia. He entered management as one of the youngest managers in Football League history. He went into a Bournemouth team that had minus 17 points, survived that season, got them promoted, went to Burnley, didn't work out, went back to Bournemouth. Two promotions in three seasons, and then kept him in the Premier League for five years. Compare yeah. that to what Steve, Gareth Steve McLaren did that with Middlesbrough. That <laughs> turned out. Look at Gareth Southgate. Look at Gareth Southgate's yeah, CV. If he, if, got if relegated failed, to Middlesbrough. No, 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 no. That's before. If he had failed in 2018, then we wouldn't have to be having this conversation because they would be saying, <laughs> "What a stupid, what a stupid appointment." Why Why did we give him a chance? But he didn't. He led him to semi-finals and since then has led him to a final. You cannot sack a man right now for finishing like third and second. If he flops in 2022, I will be with you. But right now, you cannot do this. <laughs> There's literally... It, it, it's ridiculous. I, dis- I disagree. I don't, I'm not saying, you know, this isn't like a... You know, an Emery out kind of thing. Like, I don't. I'm not saying he should definitely be sacked. I'm just saying that there are better people out there who have more experience and more class, and who will take them to the next level than what Gareth Southgate would. He is not going to change his philosophy or his style of play for the next tournament. It will be exactly the same as how he's played this tournament. Yeah, and that's fine. He led us to a final. Almost won he, it. He led us to a final. We didn't win it. We didn't yeah. win it though. We didn't. We didn't beat an Italy side that's gone thirty-four games unbeaten. I, I mean, what did you an Italy expect? Team that wasn't even, an Italy team that wasn't even that good. Yeah, because England tour- were doing very good for the first half. Oh man, you, you, you got to play well for ninety minutes. You, you can't for one. You can't for the pre-tournament say Southgate is shit. He won't do well, and when he does well, but falls at literally the last hurdle. When let's be honest, if if England had won that penalty shootout, let's say Jorginho he misses his last one. I know we're talking ifs and buts, but if Saka like scores it, then England win. Then we're saying, well, Roberto Mancini bottled it. Look how shit he started the first half. And also here's the final thing, right? Because we we're talking about club managers and things. This is the point. If Frank Lampard, right, if Frank Lampard wins his last game with Chelsea, which was against Leicester, if he doesn't lose 2-0 and he wins, what should we be saying that Lampard shouldn't have got sacked? No, because he was poor the entire time. On the flip side, if Gareth Southgate loses the final after getting to a final and semi-final, are we going to judge him off of one game? No, he's already proven he's learned off it. You give him one more chance. And if he fails that chance, I'm with you. And Naeem's nodding. At first, he was shaking his head. So there we go. <laughs> No, I, I get like you know just just to finish on that as well. The fact is, Italy started poor. Yes, that's the difference between having a world class manager and an average manager. Mancini knew that they were playing poor. He tweaked the style. He made early substitutions, 
and that is what got Italy I mean, for, for at least for clarity, the penalties. For clarity, I'm not I'm not arguing that Southgate is a better manager than Mancini, but until Roberto Mancini comes out and says I want to manage England, Southgate is the best man for the job. No. <laughs> I mean, look I, I will. Look I, I'm going to move this on because I think we need to get going on other, other topics. But um, <laughs> I will say that I think some managers suit club football and some mm. suit international. Like Scolari, for example, amazing manager internationally, but he was terrible for Chelsea. And I think Southgate, whilst I don't think tactically he is the best, I think he is a, an unbelievable man manager. I think the way, I mean, he takes he, the way he sort of. Also, off the scenes he's done, I think he and obviously the way he he brings the team together and the way he sort of he is the way he is with the players. I think um, I think that's something you can't take away from him, even if I think personally his tactics aren't the best. But I have to bring this up, even though I don't think these idiots deserve the time of day, deserve any sort of attention. There were sadly some negative headlines surrounding the final yesterday. Uh, I mean, the pre-match build-up was dominated and frankly ruined by many idiotic fans, English fans mainly, um, who were, for me, they they weren't they weren't fans. A lot of them were just thugs who unfortunately did try and get in the stadium. Um, they did continue this after the game. There's clips of Italian fans and English fans having a fight. Uh, there's, there's clips of English fans chucking people into canals um, and. Th- Things like this, for me, I think it just really proves why why the rest of the world hates hates um, hates the English, um, especially the English when drunk as well. Um, but also, they did sort of continue to disgrace themselves after the game when they did racially abuse the three missed penalty takers in Sancho, Rashford, and and Saka. Um, and for me, I want to make a start on this. I want to make a very brief point. Uh, I think we're all going to make our sort of own views on this. Uh, I think. Anyone who went to the game yesterday and tried to break in and crashed, crashed against the guards, they should all have lifetime bans from stadiums. They should never go to a game again. And I think, um, I mean, me and Ryan were doing this on Twitter today. There's a petition going around now where um, you can now try and get the government to introduce um, IDs onto social media profiles. I think anyone who's listening who hasn't done this yet, I suggest highly that anyone who's listening to this goes on the petition and signs it because something needs to be done now because this cannot continue all this racial abuse all these players are getting it simply can't continue and I think that anyone you know anyone who's been racially abused who racially abuses someone I think there should be some sort of prison sentence whether it's like two months one month something needs something needs to be done some harsh punishment needs to be made to stop this happening in the future but I'll let one of you boys go first I don't know who wants to go first uh, also as well even if you're out there and you're like you're you've you've seen it or you don't think it's that deep and you're you some people call you selfish and you don't really understand them um the behavior of these people if nothing else if you don't care about the racism and abuse it has stopped England hosting any tournament pretty oh. much in the next 40 50 years absolutely so, thank you England fans thank you for fucking up my lifetime of football you cunts mm. Sorry, demonetization. It's fine. I, I totally in favour of that statement, mate. I think yeah, it's a real shame, and I not thought of that, but now you mention it, it is really that probably I probably will. Because I mean, who's going to want to go there? Who's yeah, no, no one's people? gonna, no one's gonna vote for it ever. Because it's just like that can't be nice for people who come, you know, families that come, you know, the, the good fans, the ones that come with their children. They're not. They aren't going to want to go to a game. They don't want, especially young kids. They're not going to think they can go to rugby games. They can go to cricket games. They aren't going to want their kids to go to football. And that probably is going to deter young fans from probably following the game because their parents are probably thinking, "Why do I want to go to this game when all we're going to see is just fans fighting?" Mm. And um, yeah, so I, I think personally, I, 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 
I, I think they completely ruined it myself. But yeah, what do you think, Ryan and Naeem, on this one? Well, I think one. I mean, obviously, no one condemns any of it, but they've got to have a, a serious look at the Metropolitan Police and the security mm. because it was absolutely dreadful. How how can you allow? They they knew that there was going to be a, a large crowd of people who didn't have tickets and people who were getting pissed up and start fucking about smashing shit up. Like, why is there not a bigger security presence? They're outnumbered outside? like a thousand to one. It's ridiculous. Of course they're going to get overrun and you're going to get people start running into the stadium. We Obviously, we saw people running onto the pitch as well during the game. Um, again, that's a, that's, that's a hazard for the players as well. And, and that that was quite shocking, to be fair. You know, it's, it's, I think like the action that we've seen throughout the tournament has been brilliant. But the way UEFA and the host and nations, in my opinion, have... Um, I've put the games on them and everything like that is appalling. And yeah, they need to have a, a hard look at themselves. But even even not just the people at the game and, you know, in London and whatnot, even people, again, obviously on social media, it's not just obviously the English players that have been racially abused and, you know, hurled insults at, but you also had Italian players as well. Mm. Um, you know, you had all sorts of words going out at, you know, Chiellini and all these other players who have done absolutely nothing wrong. And that as well, that needs to be looked at because so many people haven't got a fucking brain in their head. And, yeah, it always seems to come, you know, it brings these people out when England actually get to a major tournament, which is frustrating. But they're not proper football fans at all. And, again, you know, you if you get a 12 or 13-year-old on Twitter or a 50-year-old man on Twitter, say, racially abused, I don't know, Bakari Saka, a couple of days later, the old bill come around your door and charge you for, you know, racial abuse. You'll they will shit their pants. They'll shit their pants and they will never do it again. That's mm. exactly what needs to be done. But we haven't seen... It's been like this for the last 10, 15 years since social media first was invented. And I don't see it changing anytime soon, unfortunately, but it should do. Yeah, and going back to um, the whole thing about the policing, I mean, they're probably on, what's it? I doubt they're on much, probably on like £9 an hour. I doubt they're on much oh, power. Oh, no. I, I think they're going to think, oh, I'm on, I'm on only on £9 an hour. Why, my, why am I going to bother fighting fight for my life? It's not worth it for £9 an hour. And no. um, I think, you know, you think, it's getting to a point now, you're seeing it a few times now, where I think overcrowding is happening now um and i and they are trying to introduce standing again i mean what caused hillsborough it was too many fans trying to get in at once and bad yeah. policing and i think that there's a danger i think that this something like this could happen again if they continue to be you know it's not have enough policing there and too many fans trying to get in something something terrible could happen again um yeah. so yeah and also these fans who sort of do abuse players on twitter or instagram they will never, if they saw these players in real life, they'd be asking them for a photo, an autograph. They wouldn't be going, oh, you're this and you're that. Uh, it was actually a really good story, actually, on um, the Jack May Happy Hour podcast. Uh, DT was on it, right? DT was on the podcast and he was saying how um, someone on Twitter or Instagram uh, sort of uh, said, mentioned to DT about his dead brother, his dead little brother. So DT actually finds him on Facebook. He finds out where he works. He goes to the boots he works at. And he tells the boss what he's done. And I think he got him fired. <laughs> so I think that 
that that shows that and probably this guy with like he he got there he's like apologizing he's crumbling and all that and i think um it's, it's just proof that these these people are, are hiding behind a keyboard and they're just um they will never do this all in real life um we'll, we'll get your before we go on to our team the teams of the tournament i'll get, I'll get your thoughts naeem on, on this whole situation yeah, and um, in terms of the, obviously the fans and their obviously reckless behaviour, um, they just kind of just ruin it for everyone else. Like obviously, like you're saying now, they probably won't be able to host any like major tournaments now because UEFA does look at it like yeah, they, these guys can't even control themselves. Like you know, the first final, God knows how long, and then you always you do get quite a few people that get too drunk and it's one of those like cause trouble. Like, but I was I'm hearing as well that. You know, people that actually got inside, like people that actually had tickets, couldn't even get, actually get to their seats because you know people like in their, in their seats and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, they're just ruining it for everyone else, and it just kind of um, paints the English uh, how the obviously people abroad see us like this can't behave, can't behave themselves, and just um, just trash the place pretty much. But um, yeah, obviously in terms of the um, racist abuse. Um, as soon as Saka missed it, I was like, yeah, I know for 100%, 100% that he's going to get abused online. And if if you're watching a game and you're you're thinking that, then obviously th- there is a big problem if you're thinking that, you know, like, oh, he's going to get abused now because, you know, he's, he's only 19, you know. It's, it's, he's got, like, the whole, he's got the whole country, the whole, pretty much the whole of England, like, looking down on him, obviously, to try and score the winning penalty. And then, you know, he misses. But and then he just got these idiots online that just, you know, hide behind a fake profile, and like you said, they would never say it to their face. So why should it be acceptable to um to say online? But not much will be able to get done, you know, because these social media companies they, they won't do anything. The only time they ever do anything is if it's affecting their own back pocket. And with racism, that don't really affect their their pockets. So they're not really going to try and do too much to to stop it. So and until I, I think I think you do need to provide ID now to to sign up to these social media accounts because. It's, it's literally just weekly now it's happening and you know we just keep talking about it and nothing really seems to be getting done so yeah until until um it gets clamped down properly i, I can't see it changing and it's also like with uefa as well like you know when england uh i think the qualifying match against bulgaria like oh that was all the that they gave them was just like stupid so obviously these governing bodies they need to like put um, proper harsher sentences and like so, uh, bans um, in place to like det- deter people from being racist, but they're not doing anything, so it's just going to keep continuing, and we're just going to keep repeating ourselves. So, but, yeah, yeah, it's sad. And I think that sadly, people are going to, you know, they kids are going to grow up in a household of racist parents, and they're going to think that's okay to say, and then they're going to be the same thing when you know when they. That's a cycle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can we go shout back out. To, can we go back to when Shaw scored? It was a lot happier. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. Shout out as well to Thierry Henry of all people as well for coming off social media when he did, and he still isn't on it to oh, this yeah, day. Yeah. He he he's, he's pretty much the only person, like famous professional athlete, who's done that. And I feel like you know we had that what weekend where everyone sort of stayed off it. You know, I think to get anything done, that's the kind of activism you need. And yeah, I just wanted to sh- shout out him. Yeah, definitely. That's really, that's really good of him. Um, so now on to a lighter note. Um, something a bit more positive. Um, we are going to go through our teams of the tournament. Um, so I got, I went for a four-three-three formation. I don't know what you boys did in terms of your formation. Same, exact same, exact same. Yeah, three. 
three for yeah, four three. Yeah. So we're going to start with the goalkeeper. Now this one may seem a bit of an easy one because he did win Player of the Tournament, um, slightly questionable award. But I've gone for Donnarumma. Uh, I think for me, someone I have to mention honourably is someone like Jan Sommer and Jordan Pickford. I think they both had excellent tournaments. Pickford made some great saves in that in that final, not only in the shootout but also even for the goal that Bonucci scored. Uh, but yeah, I think Donnarumma's been excellent. I think he was excellent in the shootout. Uh, I mean, I don't remember him making too many mistakes in this tournament, and I think that. Uh, PSG have got a very good goalkeeper on, on their hands now. I think he, for me, proved that he is, he's so young, he's obviously 21, 22, and he's, mm. he's that good. I think, for me, he had an excellent tournament and he is my goalkeeper. Um, anyone gone for the same or has anyone gone differently? No, I've gone the same. I, uh, I was the same with you. I thought Pickford was really good. He can quite get Sam Cash Schmeichel thought he was brilliant. Mm. It's a shame he can't get Donnarumma is the Mbappe of goalkeepers. He, <laughs> he is like that, that final, the, the penalty shootout. It's the reason I didn't feel too somber because it's like every penalty he saved so easily, like yeah. he's so big and he moves so quickly. It's terrifying. PSG could genuinely win the Champions League now of him. He's a monster in goal. Yeah, the sign of the players they're getting in. Yeah, they might have a good chance next season. So, who's got you gone for the room as well? You two. Yeah, I would have I would have gone for Pickford, but um, it was, it was yeah, it's kind of a toss up between them two. But you can't you can't knock Donnarumma, you know, he won won the whole tournament. So, but yeah, Pickford, yeah, he done he done pretty well, man. Um, he is a player that I do kind of criticise, but yeah, for England, he actually does step up to be fair. And although his his distribution can be a bit dodgy at times, but mm, yeah, he, 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 when he's um, been called into action, he has he has done well. So um, yeah, I want to shout him out as well, to be fair. He's, he's still he's still a wanker, but um, he, he, he did have a good tournament. Liverpool um, fans say that though. Even Ricardo's in that game. I, just, I mean, Ricardo's is someone I think thinks a toss as well. But um, yeah, how he gets into the Brazil squad, but yeah, he's a good player, but I think he's a tosser. Um, Ryan, <laughs> anything differently? Or have you gone for Donnarumma as well? Yeah, well, I've gone with the same one. Fantastic. Now on to right back. This one I found hard. I was torn between two players. Um, but I will, I will go on that. I'll let someone else go first. So I'm going to go to uh, Alex on this one first. Who's your right back? Uh, I've got Quacking Mailer. Um, I think I think Kyle Walker had a chance of getting in. Uh, I, I can't remember the stat. There was some freakish stat where it was something like he's only given the ball away once this tournament. Or he's only like he, no, he's only made one foul in in the entirety of Euro 2020, which is a crazy stat. But Mailer was gloriously good I think his, his assist gets him in there alone and I know he's not on his you know his favoured left side apparently but um, I put I put him in at his natural right back um, I mean I would have got him but I think he played some games left mid didn't he um, some of the games if I might if I might thinking but um... yeah but you're right, the, the the official team of the team of the tournament had him at right back so you can oh, you can ar- you can argue with UEFA I know they're not controversial yeah um, <laughs> no not at all um, I went for Carl Walker um, I thought maybe someone like I thought Kufal was good. I thought Valdemir Kufal was good uh, for Czech Republic, but I think I've gone for Carl Walker because I have to put someone from my England defence in this team, and I have to get so I, that's why I've gone for Walker. Um, Ryan, who've you gone for? Is your is your right back? Yeah, I went for Carl Walker as well. Yeah. Um, Naim, who've you gone for? Actually, I went for Kufal. Um, funny Ooh. enough, yeah, I thought he had a decent tournament. Um, Got cut, um, obviously on the back end of his um, good first season for West Ham. Yeah, I mm. thought he was a good little, yeah, good shout in there, right back. But yeah, Kyle Walker has been pretty solid, to be fair. And 
Yeah. So it feels like it feels like me and you guys will have a, have a different take because I, I I agree. So you've had a brilliant tournament, but I've I've given myself a rule. Uh, I think yeah, no one in my team of the tournament um is outside of the last four teams. So uh, because I've if you don't go past the quarterfinals, you're not getting in. It's no point. <laughs> I think I have um two players that did make past the quarters, but I'll get onto them later on. Um. So in terms of centre backs, uh, I was going to go last on this one, but I thought I'd go first. My first centre back is Kier of Denmark. I think not only for on the pitch but also off the pitch. I think that first Denmark, amazing story. Um, as I mentioned many a time on his podcast, they got to the semi-finals, um, and I think Kier was excellent not only in the Ericsson uh, incident, but I think the way he saw captain his team throughout the whole tournament after such a horrible incident. Uh, I think for me, Kier has to go in for me um, alongside him. I've gone for Benucci. Uh, I think that Benucci has been excellent. I think he's been more, one, one of my favourite players to watch this tournament. I think from not only the passion he does in national anthems, um, I think also for just the way he's been on the pitch. He's had plus two goals. He got ruled out for VAR. He scored the offensive goal in the final. Uh, I actually found out the reason for a celebration now, but I was wondering what the whole uh, round and round thing is. Apparently, his friends all support non-Juventus teams in Italy. And apparently, uh, right, so apparently he says to his friends, if ever you talk about Juve in that way, rinse your mouth out. So that's why he's doing the. That is apparently why he does celebration. I mean, he's, he's, stuck, he's stuck with it ever since. That's that's apparently. I've, I'll Google it last night after he yeah, scored the goal, and that that is why apparently. Um, also, honourable mentions. I've gone for Chiellini and Maguire. Uh, but yeah, I've gone for Kier and Benucci as my centre back partnership. Um, I'm gonna go to nine first on this one. Who have you gone for? Right, so my two centre-backs. So the first one I've gone for with Benucci. Um, yeah, I think he's pretty much been solid the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, like you said, he scored in, scored in the finals, scored in the penalty shootout as well. You know, that, that defence, um, well, specifically the two centre-backs, yeah, they, they've got a lot of experience. And, yeah, um, he, he he's my first centre-back. And my second one, I've gone for Harry Maguire. Um Obviously, with him, um, he was—I know he was injured coming into the tournament, and yeah, since he's since he's um, obviously come back into the team um, ahead of uh, Mings, I, I feel like yeah, he's he's been he's been pretty solid. Um, him and Stones at the back for England. Um, also, they didn't really concede see any. Well, they, I don't—they didn't concede a goal from open play, really, did they? Um, yeah, I mean, it was the um... one was a free kick and a yeah, one was off, so no, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Um, yeah, he's pretty solid at the back with Stone. So yeah, I've gone with um, Benucci and Maguire as my centre back pairing. And then Ryan, who have you gone for? Yeah, so I went with uh, Benucci as one of them as well. I think that pretty much gets into everyone's team. Yeah, he was best centre back I think of the whole tournament. Yeah. Uh, the other other one I went for actually was John Stones. I felt he had a very solid tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. Looked very solid. Uh, obviously, honourable ones go out to um, Simon Kjar uh, and Chiellini and Maguire. They're all up there as well. But yeah, I like what John Stones did. Yeah, no, he's, he's been great, uh, not only for international, but also for the whole season for Man City. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, who are your two centre backs? Uh, mine were the same as Naeem, Maguire and Benucci. Um, Maguire, interestingly, he's he was England's most progressive passer. I uh, completed the most passing into the final third, despite playing what six six games or a lot, a lot less than the other uh, other um, other players. So he's in there. And Benucci, 
uh, you guys have covered it. He's in there um, because he's the best shit house. Uh, and his video after the game of it's coming to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he said, he, you know, I think he's the only man in the world who wanted to be abused. And credit mm-hmm. to him. Um, <laughs> it, was an ama- it was an amazing video. But uh, if you've, I hope Juventus get to another Champions League final. And I hope he loses it for the third time in his career because that will make me smile. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's next. I think if sort of, if anyone young player wanted to watch how a defender plays to try and learn, I think um, someone like him, even though John Terry back in the day, but I think Benucci now he's he's such a warrior. He he puts his he, he doesn't leave the pitch without giving it his all, and I think he's just an excellent excellent player. Um, so now on to left back. This one I feel might be a clean sweep, but we will you know we will we will go for it. Um, I'm going for Ryan first on this one. Who's your left back? Easy decision, uh, Leonardo Spinazzola. Yeah. Uh, Alex? I've got Luke Shaw. Oh, yeah, he was my honourable mention, but I've also gone for Spinazzola. I've, I've, I've got, I've got. well, as I said, my reason is Leandro Spinazzola, he, he was out in the quarterfinals. Um, so he hasn't made it far enough. He doesn't deserve to be included. Sorry, Spinazzola. <laughs> it's, 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 why, it's why Ronaldo's not in the team. Um he oh. may have scored the most goals, but yeah. he didn't get to he didn't get to the uh, past the fucking quarterfinals. So out you go. Not... Same as Spinet Solo. Shaw was great. He's a fan. Um, who am I missing? Naeem. Who's your, who's your left back? I went for Luke Shaw as well. Oh, we got a tiebreaker. Oh. Our first tiebreaker. So we've got two from Spinazzola, two from Shaw. Uh, as the host of the podcast, I've got the overriding votes. I'm choosing Spinazzola as the left back. I thought he was excellent. Um, <laughs> if anyone you can't see what um, they're doing, Naeem, give me a thumbs down on that one. No, I'm joking. Him and Shaw, yeah, they've been the two best left backs in the tournament. Can't... Yeah, I think that goes without saying. I don't think there's anyone else really that comes close to them, too. Um, so now on to the middle three, the middle three of our 4 3 formation. Now, we're going to go. I'm going to get Alex go first. Um, do, you, do we want to do... I'll do it all three. Are we going to give all three? Yeah, that's fine. I'll go so, for it. I've got um, Jorginho Pedro... Uh, Pedri, not Pedro. My God, he's uh, he's in a coffin. And um, Hoiberg. Mm. I, I really struggled with my last... So I picked Jorginho because I think he got a little bit stubbed for player of the tournament for his excellent mm. entire tournament. Um, Pedri, he was so much fun to watch. And I got I got loads to and I really really didn't know uh, I was really struggling. Then I thought of Heiberg and I thought yeah because I think he's been uh, he's been really good. And a nice little side tidbit about Heiberg. Apparently um, he, he's a very emotional man and uh, he made he broke into the team in 2014 and upon after his debut in Copenhagen he burst into tears because he's uh, he's like dying. Dad was in the hospital a, a, a few miles away and uh, he burst into tears. But a lot of the Danish team were kind of like. The equivalent of like, all right, mate, like calm it down. Um, but since then, he's been gone from outsider to like the heart and center of the team. Apparently, he's like pretty much the leader inside that dressing room. So, um, and besides off the pitch stuff, he's been one of the most progressive midfielders in the tournament, which is something he never was at Spurs. So he's shown a lot of to his game, and uh, he's in there. Okay, so next we're gonna go to Naeem on this one. Who are your middle three? Yeah, two out of the three of my midfielders are the same as Alex's. So, yeah, I've gone with Jorginho and Pedri. Um, yeah, obviously, Pedri got a young player of the tournament, didn't he, in the end? And, um, yeah, he's 
he's pretty much um, continued his form on from uh, what he's done at Barcelona. And um, yeah, he's going to be one to watch for the future. Um, and it'd be good to see him in the next well, in the World Cup to see what he does there. Um, the, the only other player that was different is I chose Paul Pogba. Um, I know obviously France didn't get far in the tournament, but um, I thought throughout the games that they played that he was their um, better better player um, out of the whole squad. Uh, Griezmann was good as well, but um, yeah, Pogba, he, he turned, like he does for... France, he always does turn up for them, and yeah, that's why I've gone for him in my midfield. So um, yeah, so I've gone with Pedri, Pogba, and Jorginho in my midfield. And then Ryan, who have you gone for? Yeah, so I've got both Pedri and Jorginho in there again. Both were excellent. Nearly had Nico Barella in there, but my third choice was actually um, Noem's best mate, Granit Xhaka. Thought he had a he had a very very good tournament for Switzerland probably their best player, although they didn't get, you know, too far. They still got a lot further than what people expected. Better than Shakiri? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, he, he was excellent in that France game. I don't think I've seen him as good as that in my life. He was excellent in that game, wasn't he? he was yeah, I But just excellent. Shame we can't do that for Arsenal, eh? No, no same as Pogba for Man U. Um, <laughs> so, my middle three... I've gone for Jorginho and Pedri. Seems to be a clean sweep with them too. And I've also gone for Paul Pogba, just for the reasons I've mentioned before. I thought the thumbs through balls he was making in this tournament. I know we didn't get far. He scored one of the goals of the tournament. I think he's just been excellent. I think he probably was France's best player of the tournament, I'd say. And yeah, that's why I've gone for Paul Pogba in my middle three. So we are now on to the... We'll go for right, right wing first. We'll go for right wing. Again, this might be one I feel might be a clean sweep once again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is it the number 14 for Italy, everyone? Perhaps, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Yeah, right. Just note down Chiesa. Yeah, I've gone for Gaysa. Anyone, anyone gone for differently? No. No. I've gone with Ronaldo. No, joking. No, no, no. <laughs> so, Chiesa, just write this down on my paper. Chiesa is our right midfielder. So. In terms of left midfielder, um, I've gone for a player I don't think actually, in terms of overall, has been amazing all tournament, but I think in terms of he's been there at the right place, right time, uh, and he's got the goals for England. I've gone for Raheem Sterling left wing. Um, yeah, and I think that, yeah, I think you can't really shy away from the fact he's got most of England's goals. He got obviously two goals in the group stage that did win him 1 0 games, and that. Gone through, gone through to the knockouts as the winner, which which helped them towards getting to the semi and the final in their route. So yeah, Sterling has been very important in that sense. So I've gone for Raheem Sterling. Uh, Alex, who's your left winger? Uh, same for me, Sterling. I think I, I think the, the, after the group stage, kind of with you, I, think, I thought like he was good but underwhelming in a way. I think it's just because we wanted to see Sancho, but I think I, I think by the end of the tournament, he justified why he was playing. He was he was brilliant. He was so good at winning fouls. I don't know like the meme is a Denmark thing, but he was so good at drawing players in, winning fouls, taking opposition, defenders out of position. Sterling's in there. I mean, he is streetwise, isn't he, Ryan? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, next I'm going to go for um, Ryan. Who's your left winger? Have you gone for Sterling as well, or have you gone for someone different? No, Sterling as well. Yeah, Sterling. This might be a clean sweep. Um, and then finally... Naeem, who's your left winger? Yep, Raheem Sterling. Go for him. 
Fantastic. So now on to the striker. Now, from what I'm getting, me and Alex have already got someone different. Um, so I'm going to go for you first, Alex. Who's your striker? How did you get that from me? I mentioned my striker. <laughs> you told me you had no one. My striker didn't get past the second round. And you said you got no one who didn't get to the semi-finals. So... Yours isn't Robert Lewandowski, is it? No, you'll you'll know who my striker is in a minute. Um, Are you a mess? You know, I'll, I'll leave mine. I'll, I'll let Alice go first, and then I'll go afterwards. I'm I I'm actually torn between two, so I'm gonna say both mine. I'm not gonna say I'll wait till everyone goes, but I'm I'm only gonna make a you final can't... decision. I'm gonna make a final decision on them both after you guys. But the two I've got up is one of Casper Dolberg and Harry Kane. I'm undecided on both. Harry Kane, because <laughs> even though he underwhelmed in the final, I think that was part of the fact England playing so negatively, which is bad of Southgate. Criticise him fairly there. But especially in the knockout stages, very, very good. And even in the group stages, even though he didn't score, it was mainly because he was occupying so much defensive attention. And I think is especially against Denmark, he was brilliant. And I think the first half against uh, Italy was actually really good as well. Casper uh, Dolberg, for different reason. I think when Paulson got injured, it threatened to derail Denmark. But he came in and was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I think I think Dolberg is in there. But I haven't decided to seen both. Um, right. So I'll let you guys uh, talk. Okay. Well, I'm going to go next. Um, before I forget, I did forget to mention, I think someone like Emil Forsberg deserves an honourable mention for midfielders. I thought he was excellent for Sweden. Uh, and Declan Rice, I thought, was excellent in the final. I mean, I, I'm going to go for what Statman Dave said on his Twitter page. Someone who's quite underrated in terms of the YouTube scene, Statman Dave. Um, in 74 minutes, he had 15 ground jewels contested, 11 ground jewels won, eight attempted tackles, six successful tackles, six attempted take-ons with four of them being successful. I thought he was excellent in the final. Um, and in strikers, I mean, he could have had someone like Patrick Schick, Kareem Benzema, mm. but I've gone for the top scorer, Ronaldo. I think that's the only reason why I thought, even though Portugal went out tournament so early, I thought that he did was excellent in that tournament. I think he um, he seems at times to carry that team by himself, and I think that um, he was just, I think, personally uh, unlucky in the fact that not many players around him played excellently. I mean, someone like Renato Sanchez was excellent. Um, so some players, Bruno Fernandes was on the bench half the time. I think he wasn't the same player we saw in Man U. Uh, I don't think they were the best. I, I, I don't think they were the best. But I think Ronaldo still shone for me. And obviously he got top oh. scorer. So. I would like I would like to propose a rule, please. Um, just 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 before we like before the people will vote on this as well. Um, there's if you're voting for like Patrick Chicken people, I think that's fair quarterfinals. But I think the rule should be that we can't vote anyone who, if they came in to collect their top scorer award, they'd have to fly in from the Maldives because they're on holiday because their country went out too early. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> just just throwing that. Out that. Do you remember 2010? When um, West Ham got relegated, but Scott Parker was up for Player of the Year. Oh yeah. No, because West Ham got relegated, and but Scott Parker was amazing, and I think that <laughs> he wasn't because West Ham got relegated. <laughs> he was like Ronaldo. He was the shining star of that team, and I think that without without Ronaldo, Portugal would would even got past the group stage, and without Scott Parker, West Ham would have been down way before they got relegated. So, so yeah, I I think you can't you can't um, look past, especially in the group. He was in a. A group, a group of death. He's in a group featuring France and and Germany, and he got top scorer. So yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. It's just, it just gives me vibes of Eminem getting his Oscar award um, through like uh, through like his webcam because 
he couldn't be bothered to turn up because he didn't care about it. That's what Ronaldo was. <laughs> you know, well, you know, top scorer, top scorer. Yeah, Andy, your points, a... your points are completely correct. But if you, if 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 we're doing the Eurotrips rewards and and we want to give Ronaldo his award, and unlike other players who can who are in England to collect their award because they played in Wembley, Ronaldo will have to fly in from holiday because he's already out, he's already done with the tournament. Yeah, but that's As like a river player. I mean, this goes, goes back to the whole Gerald and Lampard and Skull thing. Like, Gerald, for me, is a better player than, than both of them. But because he didn't win the Premier League, people always use that against him. I think you're using that against Ronaldo. But actually... Listen, listen I, I may be the Euro expert, but I'm well aware of the well aware of the phrase, you can't argue with stupid. And I will be <laughs> stupid to make sure Ronaldo is not getting it. <laughs> no, I, I, I think and someone may have him as well. I've got a feeling at least one of these two boys are going to have Ronaldo as well. Which one? Because Which he, one? Go he, on. He played, he played Hungary, Germany, Belgium and France in, and he got a top scorer. So yeah, I, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say. I think I've made my point. Um, I'm going to go for the one who I think is going to have Ronaldo in this team. Ryan, have you got Ronaldo or am I just um, making a mistake here? I'll tell you in a second. I just want to finish your point on the uh, Scott Parker thing <laughs> and mention about Fulham this season, who had Joachim Anderson and Tosin Adrabi, I don't know how I pronounce his name. Easy for you, easy for you to say. <laughs> two, two, two of uh, the most, uh, well, two of the best players in Premier League last season, and they still got relegated. So proves there are, it's not just a one man. Well, I, th- uh, I think you're wrong because Anderson was correct, but Tosin Adrabi was in the reserves. His brother, actually, Tosin Adrabio. Now, if you had mentioned him, Ryan, you would have asked him. That no, no, you said Adarabi, you, you, you said yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just, just, just for that, I mean, I was torn between Patrick Sheik and Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, for God's sake. Um, hey, I, I, I knew you'd come up with terms. I knew you were going to have my back here. Naim, all you have to do is say Harry Kane or Dolberg, and we'll get a win out of this. Ryan, will, never, Ryan will never say Harry Kane for as long as he lives. He's never going to. Well, no, no, it's fine. Okay. We're, 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 it's, Listen, there's four people on this podcast, Andy. I don't care if you've got the host overruling rights. I, I will leak your script every every podcast <laughs> so people know what you're going to say. Naeem, who have you put up front? I've actually gone for Patrick Schick. Yeah. Go on, so you've gone for Schick. Actually, yeah. no, you know what? I'd like to make a last minute check. Hang on. Can I keep talking, Ryan? It's fun. Go on, Ryan. Who, who are you going to go for? Are you going for um, Ronaldo or Schick? Uh, it's so hard because both of them had good tournaments and, and Schick actually scored got more, more more proper goals considering Ronaldo got penalty or I'm going to go Ronaldo because he actually got an assist as well yes get in <laughs> I would like to reconsider my vote um, I just remembered that Patrick Schick actually scored five goals this tournament which was fantastic and you know what I, I don't know what I was talking about, Dolbo and Ken. I'm with Naim, so I think it has to be Patrick Schick. So, well, that's the two v two. Hold on, hold on a second. So you had you chose two players first of all for the position, which is ludicrous in itself. And then on top, you had a third player that changed your mind completely. <laughs> One of those. Well, you know what? Harry Kane. Well, you know what? You know what? I'm an open man, and uh, I think I, I, I think Naim convinced me of his points really. And uh, you know, what? I tell you what, at least. At least Czech Republic got to the quarterfinals. I mean, Ronaldo was Ronaldo was out in June. I mean, that was last um, month, Andy. Well, you're, you're forgetting, Alex. All your hard work just then. It's two against two, and I've got the deciding vote. So Ronaldo's getting in our team. So there's, have that. There's, there's, there's literally one, two, three, four. There's five players that scored more goals than Harry Kane. 
So that the logic of him being in there is ridiculous in itself, Alex. He four goals. He got well, oh, Lukaku, Forsberg, Benzema all got four as well, to their credit. Yeah. But Schiek and Ronaldo both got five, obviously. So Kane, I mean, shouldn't be anywhere near that. I mean, I, I will say I love Kane, but I don't think he, he got he got the goal against Germany, got the goal against Denmark and, and Ukraine. Four. But I don't think overall. I, I, Even, I we did at our end of season um, sort of teams, and I, obviously everyone knows how much I rate Harry Kane, but I, I didn't think he was at his best. Maybe maybe, maybe it was recency bias with Harry Kane, and in fairness, Patrick Chick was clearly the most logical example. But you know, it's, Andy, you've got the hosting rules. That's fine. You've you know you've earned that. You can yeah. um, you you can uh, you overrule it. Yeah, that's completely fine. You're the host. Um, just don't look at my webcam because I will be counting the amount of times you say the word. I think. <laughs> How's it been so far? I, I've been. I've oh been... no, I think I've been light on you, but uh, we'll we'll make sure. In fact, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't put my fingers. Up. I'll just. I'll just subtly note it down, and then you won't know how many times you've said it. You can just, <laughs> just look just, at um, me. <laughs> yeah, just ping me in a message afterwards on on private message and tell me what it is. No, you can just go by my facial expressions. Okay. <laughs> well, that concludes our combined team. So our combined team so far is Donnarumma, Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire and Benucci with Spinozola left back. You've got Jorginho, Pedri and Pogba as a middle three. And you've got Chiesa, Sterling and Ronaldo as the front three. Andy, let's hear your opinion on that, please. Off the, off the cuff. Well, I feel it's a very encouraging team. And yeah, let's hear some more. It's Please very, say you're going to the manager of the tournament next. It's a very balanced team. It's a very um, exciting team. I, I believe that um, this team would go far in the tournament. Um, yeah, manager. Um, who do we feel is the is the winner? I mean, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go for the, the, the Denmark manager. I've actually forgotten his name. Uh, but I'm going for a Denmark manager. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I'm going for Casper uh, Hulman. Actually, I forgot his name. But I'm going for Casper Hulman. I think the way he galvanised his team in in in, in the tragedy. I think some people like uh, Fancini, people such as even Southgate deserve to be up there for, for managers who would be the manager of the tournament. But I think overall... Um, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for um, the, the Danish manager Casper Hulmand. Um, now what's the Ryan, I just want to right. What do you think of Casper Hulmand being up in in the top three? I mean, I'd have him above Southgate. You'd have him above Southgate, the manager who beat him. That's not <laughs> logic. Considering one team is full of uh, international Premier League stars and another isn't. And that Denmark, that exactly. Denmark they got to the semi-final. <laughs> oh, I, I will say that Denmark, on no one thought Denmark would get past the second round, whereas most people had them at least in the semis for mm. England. So I think in terms of expectations, you've yeah, got to... Them. It's, it's a bit... Um, people like you know when Roy Hodgson got the award in 2010 or obviously Ranieri got the award in 2016. I do feel that um, sometimes you've got to think, you've got to look at the expectations of teams and how they exceeded them. So that's why I went for Casby Hillman as my manager of the tournament. Um, so yeah, who have you guys gone for? I haven't got Southgate. I haven't. Even though he did very well and he deserves to be showered. And Ryan, you, you shouldn't snort at that because he got to the final. Um, 
I'm I'm torn a little bit. I think Kilman's a very good shout. I think it's hard to ignore Mancini uh, because he's been very, very good. Uh, this Italy team, especially in the final, made some very important tweaks. It's impossible to recognise that. I also think Shevchenko did very well with Ukraine because he only started quite mm-hmm. badly against Netherlands. Um, to not thank the ball. No. <laughs> you know, I'm actually I'm going to go with Luis Enrique. A bit of a rogue shout because I think um, I, I I think uh, he um, but Spain, Spain started really badly and then he got them playing extremely well and against Italy they were actually the better side quite clearly for like at least the first ninety minutes and Italy had to stifle them for the final like thirty and it's only on penalties that they got through uh, so I think I believe Luis Enrique deserves a um, Deserves a shout. A last point. Ryan, do you think Luis Enrique should keep his job? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Um, Ryan, who have you gone for? Mancini. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Naeem? Um, I'm going to go with Southgate. Oh, we've got a tie. No, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no I, obviously I will give him credit, but yeah, um, I'm just going to go with Mancini because you know, what he's done yeah. with that what, what he's done with that Italian team since obviously they didn't qualify for the last World Cup, mm. being unbeaten in what 34 games it is now. Um, and when you look at Italy's team, like if you go position by position, the players aren't world class if that makes sense. But there's he's just got them well drilled, you know, they play some good football mm. as well. And yeah, he's, he was the best manager of the tournament. He's a dudes. So that puts Mancini as our manager in this team. Um, so now on some fun. We're on to our, I'm going to review our predictions. Oh, now, I've, I've, I've done a scoring system, Mark. I've done a scoring system. So, um, in terms of people, if you get the prediction bang on, like where they finish in the group stage, position wise, or in terms of the awards we, uh, we gave at the start of our predictions, um, that's three points. And if you were close, you get one point. And if, you, if you're nowhere near, you got a zero. So, for example, um, say, for example, if... Well, I'll, I'll get on to it now. We'll start off now. So, Group A... Let's say, for example, if Alex predicted Turkey to finish second and they actually finished bottom on one point, zero. he would get zero points. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> we're taking the words right out of your mouth. <laughs> Speaking of which, Group A, uh, finish Italy, then Wales, then Switzerland, then Turkey. So I went for Italy, Wales, Turkey, then Switzerland. I actually listened back to it. I actually put Switzerland third and then changed my mind last minute and put Turkey fourth. So less than 21 listening, go with your gut. Go with your gut instinct. And so Italy correct three points. Wales correct three points. No points. So six points for me. Uh, Alex went for Italy, then Turkey, then Switzerland, then Wales. Um, so he also gets six points for Italy and Switzerland. Naim gets three points as he put Italy, Turkey, Wales and Switzerland. And Ryan went got went for the same amount of points. He had Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Uh, Group B, we all went for the exact same table. We all went for a Belgian, Denmark, Russia, and Finland. We all got six points because Finland and Russia were just swapped around, and Russia finished fourth, Finland finished third. Group tense. C. So Group C, um, three of us went for Holland, Ukraine, Austria, and Macedonia, where the actual table was Holland, Austria, Ukraine, and Macedonia. The only person that didn't was Ryan. He went for the Netherlands, Austria, then Ukraine and Macedonia. So he gets a maximum 12 points for that group. Um, group D, 
the interesting one. Quite a mix of points here. Let's see, it's England finished first, Croatia, then Czech Republic, then Scotland. Uh, I got six points as I put England, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic. Alex gets 12 points. He gets a maximum 12 points as he did the, predicted England, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland. Uh, Naeem went for Croatia, then England, then Scotland, and Czech Republic. Oh, as did Ryan. So they got three <laughs> points each. Group E, we all got zero points on Group E. <laughs> we, all, we all said Spain first. Um, I went for Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia, uh, as did Alex, um, as did Ryan, but Naeem went for Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. So we all absolutely let ourselves down on that one. Yep. And then Spain finally, yeah. Group F was France, then Germany, then Portugal, and Hungary. Um, me and Alex both went for France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. Ryan went for France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. So he gets the maximum 12 points. Whereas Naeem went for Portugal, France, Germany, Hungary and gets three points. So now on to the, our predictions for certain categories. So in terms of the winner, we all said France to win the tournament. So we all get zero points. <laughs> <laughs> Let down. Um, here comes my prediction I was dreading talking about. Losing finalist. I went for Holland. <laughs> 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 so I get zero points. I think you should get minus points. <laughs> I probably should. I probably should. I mean, that was... I don't know what I was thinking, really. Um, Alex got one point because he went for Spain. So he came very close. Um, now, Ryan, Ryan and I both went for the winners in Italy as the leading <laughs> finalists. So they get a point each. <laughs> they got to the final. How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? Because Italy were one step away from losing. Spain put one step away from... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> and then surprise team. Um, again, I'm not proud of this one. I went for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced by John McGinn and Andy Robertson doing the bits. Wait, um, how, are you, how are you ranking surprising? Because so far it's been very like data well, driven. This is the only one I say subjective, but oh, okay. Well, you so, two, so we, can, we can all vote, so you got zero points. Well, <laughs> I get, well, I think that this one's pretty much clear what the points would be because you and I went for Turkey as a surprise team. <laughs> so we're also surprised. Yeah, surprising how bad they were, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's, that's a true. Point, <laughs> then Ryan gets three points as he put Denmark. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, so, yeah, that's probably the best prediction we've had of the whole yeah. thing, probably. I'd say. Um, flop team again. I've given I've given one point to myself as I put Germany because they kind really of. they could have lost in the group stage and gone out. So Germany yeah. were close to being a flop team, but they weren't quite a massive flop. Um, but everyone else gets no points, as Ryan went for Belgium. They still got far enough not to be a flop team. Mm. Naeem went for England, who obviously got to the final. <laughs> and Alex went for the UK. Uh, shit, yeah. Can I get one point? Because Scotland <laughs> were really shit. Yeah. But they were meant to be shit. That, that's the whole point. They were no one thought they'd be they getting past the group. Um, so our Stinky Predictions continues here with Player of the Tournament. I went for Mbappe. Oh, shit. Alex went Kante. for Kante. Nine gets one point as he went for Ronaldo. And um, oh, Ryan... He gets one point. No, I'm not having that. He was at the round he of 16. He was top scorer. He was top round scorer. Of nah, no, we're not having that. Round of 16. Get out. Get out. I've given Ryan 0.5 because Ryan put Barella. I thought he was impressive. <laughs> you're, you're putting Ronaldo over a midfielder who played every minute of his team winning it. Now, if you're, if you're, not, if you're not docking nine points, you're swapping them around. Ryan gets one, <laughs> nine gets 0.5. I'm not having that. 
No, but Barrera was very good, but I don't think he was in that category. You know, like he was like, part of the midfield and won the tournament. Yeah, but people people mentioned Jorginho, Spinazzola, Donnarumma, um, Chiesa. For, no one's mentioned Barrera for player of the tournament. So what did in, Ronaldo do in the final, Andy? Well, he got top scorer. What so did he do in the semi final? He got top scorer. What did he do in the quarter final? He got top goal scorer. Swap around. Yeah. Brian gets one. <laughs> no. Mike gets 0.5. No, believe me. In the end, it'll be all. It all makes sense in the end. It'll be. You'll be. You'll be. You'll be, um, you'll, you'll, be you'll be fine. You'll be fine with it at the end when you when you see the final scores. Um, breakout star. Now this one again is something I also changed in during my actual prediction. I actually originally went for Pedri when I listened back to it. <laughs> oh. But <laughs> I changed to someone who played next to no minutes. I chose Musaiesa as the play, as a breakout star. <laughs> what you were thinking there, mate? <laughs> Because I, I don't watch much international football since the friendlies and qualifiers, and I went by this. I think it was a Daily Mail. Someone did a prediction for Spain's starting eleven, and he wasn't in it. So I thought he's not going to play a minute here. And yes, that's it. Hop my hands up there. That, that's um, that's a bad one for me. Without um, never ever read the Daily Mail ever again. Yeah, I know. It's, it's my own fault, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Mvatinchenko, he's all right, but he wasn't sort of a breakout player. He's, he's he scored how, a goal. How, how, but... no, if, if, if Ryan's getting, if, if Ryan's getting 0.5, I'm getting 0.5 for that. <laughs> he scored a goal, but he's right. He wasn't like... Goal and Zinchenko's been amazing. No one ever said, oh, Zinchenko was incredible. Look at look at this breakout star in Zinchenko. Um, We're going off... Hang on. Sorry. Are we in the Daily Mail? We we go off our own research. You you keep talking. I'll get I'll get the Zinchenko's numbers up and I'll see if it convinces you. Right. Well, whilst doing that, Naeem gets... Guess one point as he put um, Havertz. Obviously, he scored a few goals for Germany. Um, Ryan, play, Ryan gets one point as well. He went for Isaac, who I think was against someone who did have a good tournament, but I think yeah, I don't think he was quite sort of out there with sort of, He had a good start to the tournament, but I don't think sort of, in the sort of knockouts he was anything special. Um, finally, one top goal scorer. Now, on this one, I went for Lukaku, so I got a point, I'd say, because he did get some goals, but he was the top scorer. Um, same with Alex, he went for Mbappe and Kane joint. I see Kane got the goals. Um, Mine went for Depay, and um, Ryan went for Mbappe. Um, so, oh, I didn't realise we could pick two players. I know. Well, I, I think Alex has um, become the king of that. Yeah. So, overall scores. Now, I've, 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 I count up all these scores on the best to work today. So, in third place with 23 points, no, sorry, in fourth place with 23 points, is Naeem. Oh, thank oh. God. <laughs> in third place with it's 32 me. points, is me. me. Oh, oh, so I'm second. Well, there is three points separating second and first. Now. There's three points separating me from Ryan. Well, the winner had 41 points, second place had 38, and the winner is... I said Turkey, Ryan. Ryan, I said Turkey, Ryan's won it. Yeah, Ryan won it, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, Ryan had 41 you. and Alex had 30, so congrats to Ryan. He won oh, our predictions for our Euros, and we will be doing a similar thing for the Premier League next season, and we will do it uh, in May next year. I'm just saying, Zinchenko, Zinchenko is actually in the top 10 for tackles per 90, and he made 3.2 tackles per 90, so if you were to add that to my score, I'd, I'd actually beat Ryan by 0.2. I didn't realise tackles per 90 got, got players, the Ballon d'Or, I didn't realise tackles per 90. No, but you know what, it got Kante player of the season, so you know what, Andy, I think I should be reconsidered. No, I, I, I think Kante's... Um, 
the way he gets the ball back, and I think the way oh, probably... the way he gets the ball back, otherwise known as a tackle. Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it, interceptions, <laughs> pressure on players. So, anyway, not, we're, we're not, we're not, not being fu- not, not being funny, but me and Andy actually only really picked like actual breakout stars. Um, Alex picked a, a Premier League player who plays most weeks, as did Noeem. So they shouldn't have been in the record. Why who did you pick? Alexander Isaac. Oh, oh well, well, you pick you you picked one of La Liga's top scorers. That breakout player, yeah, not that's that's that. yeah, but he's young. He's a, he's younger. No, so not many people heard of him. They're not. Wait, wait. They're not younger. Well, I knew you, you, you won anyway, so I think yeah. you can't win. Mbappe's like twenty. He should have been player player of the tournament. Or young player. I mean, he's, he's even younger than Isaac. He might be, but not many I, people have heard of Isaac. If I, if I, I think if I changed, if I stuck with Pedri and I'd stuck with um, ifs and buts. Yeah, but <laughs> it's best. So it's, it's what it is. If I picked Pedri, he probably wouldn't have played a single minute. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that concludes our final Euros review. Um, been a great tournament and been fun talking about it. We will be back next week where we'll be reviewing all the transfers so far, all the news in our domestic leagues, um, such as a certain ex-manager joining um, their rivals um, as manager, which will be very interesting to talk about next week. Um, So, yeah, we'll look forward to doing that. Obviously covering Spanish, Italian, French and English football next week. So we look forward to seeing you then. See you later. Goodbye, people. Southgate in. (laughs) Uh, Out. (laughs)